0: You're listening to The Over a Drink Podcast. The podcast dedicated to normalizing normal men talking about normal things, sharing testimonies, and putting purpose to pain. My name is Mitch Parsons, and I am your host. The Over a Drink Podcast. So, two weeks in a row, and I'm pretty proud of myself. So, um, hey, welcome. I hope that you guys are is- Week has been good. If this is the first time that you're listening, thank you. Hi, um, my name is Mitch, um, and I'm the host of this Over a Drink podcast. My um, guest today essentially spit in my face by I offered him a drink, and it was not even a drink, it was like, Do you want coffee, Logan? He's like, no, I don't drink caffeine after four o'clock. And I'm like, all right, cool. Do you want tea? He's like, no. So then we went downstairs and he's like, oh, I didn't get a drink. And I'm like, <sighs> so I say that though. Um, Logan is a very good friend of mine. Uh, I, I'm i so excited. This has been a long time coming, getting him on here, uh, because our schedules are crazy. Um, Logan and I have been when, you, you and I became friends before I even interned.
1: Yeah, you started volunteering at youth. At youth,
0: and we used to accidentally literally match <laughs> all the time. Accidentally, purposely Purposefully planned. Purposefully it <laughs> yes. all the time. Um, so we're coming up on like six years. Yeah. That's crazy. Then you moved and you left me, and yep. that was- On l- purpose. Yeah. I had to get away. For the sanctity of your heart. Yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> um and now you're back and you work with my wife you work across the desk from her across the offices from her across the ponds yeah what does that even mean across the desk Uh, so um (laughs) logan is a theological genius he loves the bible he loves to study the bible he went to school to study the bible in contrast to me who literally read the Bible the other day and was like, I didn't know that that was a book in the Bible. So <laughs> I just, not that I don't love Jesus and I love the Bible, but there was like, I didn't know about the prophets until like this year, probably. Wow.
1: That's embarrassing to say. No, I think that's actually pretty impressive.
0: That this year, like yeah. that I, that I was able to make it that long. Yeah. <laughs> With, I'm impressed. I, and I'm married to someone who has the, like... Jess and her family have this whole song they sing about everything, A, but, like, about the Bible. In the names. In the names. Yeah. And I just am, like, uh, not good at it. So all that to say, Logan, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. Logan, you um, you have 15. No, I'll give you a minute. You have a minute. I Because I told you a minute, so I can't That's lie. Fair. Yeah. You have a minute-ish uh you're on an elevator and you are going down on the elevator so there's a couple people that are going to stop you on the way um tell me about yourself
1: yeah well first i just want to say thank you for having me feel honored Uh love being here and just having a conversation with you i think it's such a blessing um but yeah my name is logan i uh, am currently one of the pastors over at red rocks church i pastor uh the groups ministry at lakewood and also the outreach um have a biblical studies and theology major um and a big sports guy so when i tell people about myself i tell them that all i know and all i'm good at is talking about the bible and playing sports yeah the rest of my worth is unknown yeah so, that's and where I'm at. Your identity is
0: in one hundred percent is in volleyball totally alone yeah. and spike ball one hundred percent yeah here's the thing. Logan and his brother are both they're not tall, you're not short, but you're not I'm like, average you're 5/10. average yeah, you're the yeah. exact like literally average human Come height. On. Logan will spike the ball on your face so hard, his vert is so high it's stupid. him and his brothers play double him and his brother play doubles English language is fun um <laughs> they play doubles and it's to the point where like they're so competitive they won't play with other people because it's not fun for them they just they just it's they, just, not, they, yeah,
1: it's just it's not, not really a challenge gonna toot my own horn there but so they, they go to like true.
0: indoor places called like in denver we have a thing called oasis which is like an indoor sand court and there's some like pretty good people yeah. that go to oasis yeah. and logan logan and his brother i'm sure there's some people like tyler kemper who would probably disagree that like he could probably beat you does he think he can beat you
1: probably yeah that's all right but he know we know i just love the challenge <laughs> <so it's fun. laughs> tyler's great though no yeah, yeah he's no but i just know player. that you
0: guys play together a lot too oh, well yeah. actually no your brother and him play yeah they played a lot more together. Um, but um so you love sports you love the bible yeah um all right, do you have a girlfriend
1: I do have a girlfriend, yeah. We have been together for about seven months, talking for about ten because, you know, guys have issues. And I am a I'm a fellow who has issues. <laughs> and so I made the process probably way more difficult than it needed to be.
0: We're really good so, at doing that. We yeah. are good at a couple of things. So and then that's, that's another thing them. I'm good at. Yeah. yeah. Alongside the Bible. Nice, <laughs> nice. Sports. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew you had a girlfriend. I just didn't want to be like, tell me about Kayla um that's fair because then you know i get you get to introduce yeah um logan is one of those guys that so i'm not a baby's guy i have a baby but like (laughs) like the first six months i'm like you poop you pee you make noise you take my sleep kind of mad at you because you hurt my wife for a long time and like logan is a baby's guy
1: like logan is a kid's guy he Kids, I would way rather, and I always say this. I would way rather be friends with like kids than adults because adults suck. Suck, and kids are just fun and free. Yeah, and you're the best so much uncle. In you, that.
0: Logan has. I'm so excited for Logan to be a dad because he is going to be the best dad in the world. Logan is the best uncle. I wish that he was. I have great. My daughter has great uncles. I just l- wish Logan was also in the. Uh, what do they call it in? Sp- in the bullpen. bullpen, I wish that Logan was in the bullpen. Um, all that to say, okay, logs. So um, there's like this. There's this tension for me when I have people over because there's sometimes that I have no clue what people's story. I know like a brief, like
1: yeah. Do you like, know my story? I yeah, that's actually okay. Well, I was that's like what? No, like the whole in-depth part of my story.
0: I know yeah i mean i think unless you're taking i mean we've been <laughs> we'll to, we've had some coffees and some we'll see. And, that's fair you're right and i mean we've we've gone through a couple girlfriends and now we're on we've
1: had some times
0: we've had both of us yeah. like the processing of my current wife yep. like um so that but what i was getting that was like I'm excited for people to hear your story because I know the value that it has in terms of like when we talk about one person listening to this. Yeah. I know for a fact that there's – I see it in my head right now, one person who needs to hear your story. A lot of times I'm surprised and blown away by people's testimonies because I'm like, whoa, I had no clue. Yeah. I feel like I'm like expectant, and that's no pressure on you. I'm just like excited. Pressure. Oh, dude. You handle pressure well. You're a volleyball star. Um. All that to say, I've almost drank my whole tea. And it's caffeine-free, so your boy doesn't need any more of that. Well, but I didn't know you just... I offered it to you, Logan. I literally, <laughs> before we even free. went upstairs... <laughs> before, before I pressed no, record, right. I said, let me pause this. I will go upstairs and make you tea. And you're like, no, no, i just drink water. Yeah, I do have water, so this is still over a drink. It's still over a drink, but it's I'm drinking out of a Pokemon mug. Um, okay, Logan. Jump in wherever you feel like you're being
1: led to jump in yeah well being the group's pastor i share my story with plenty of people um and so it gets repetitive in the sense of i share with them but i kind of tweak my story in a sense of okay i probably don't need to share in depth on that um but i feel like this is a different space and so that's kind of nice Mm -hmm. um but yeah i'll just jump in um Mm -hmm this is going to be the most Christian thing ever, but I grew up in a Christian home. I feel like that's how you have to start a podcast.
0: The thing is, is you be, or um, not
1: a podcast, a testimony. It's
0: so often people don't share their testimonies and that in itself, you saying that makes you identify with half the people who grew up (laughs) because they're like, I don't need to share my testimony because I just grew up in a Christian home. I didn't have these trials. And then, so it's not worth like telling my story's not worth it. And it's like, It is. so.
1: That's great. That was great. He didn't even hit a button for that. No, that was my tough. That was great. Um, But yeah, so I did grow up in a Christian household, the youngest of four of us. Um, I mean, Mitch has been bragging on me and my brother with sports, but sports legitimately were our life. I played pretty much every sport growing up. That was my life. But the thing that many people don't know about me is... Hockey was my number one sport. Me and my brother played very competitive hockey growing up. Travel hockey, traveled all over the country, um, started skating around the age of five, and I loved it, still love it. Um, I've had friends who were like, dude, I think you're better at skating on ice than you were at walking. And I'm like, I must be a terrible walker <laughs> then because that is a terrible comment to make, um, but I'll take it. And so, yeah, my life was surrounded by sports But when I talk about my um, upbringing as a Christian, I would say that I had parents who uh, pushed us towards praying and towards God, asked us to go to church with them and kind of like the morals, like let's not cuss, let's not be bad people, let's be good people. But I never felt like I was under a household that had like um, spiritual disciplines. I never felt like my, my parents really pushed me uh, in my faith and becoming more like Jesus. It was just like, hey, we're Christians. This is kind of how we're supposed to act. This is what we're supposed to do. Um, always super close with my siblings. I have an older brother who's two years older than me and then a sister who is uh, two years older than him and then another sister who... Many of the people at Red Rocks that I work with deny that she exists because she's just never gone to Red Rocks until recently. And so many people know my brother Taylor or my sister Samantha. Who so, both work at Red Rocks. Who both work or have worked yeah. at Red Rocks. Um, so people are very familiar with her if they go to Red Rocks. But if you don't, this means nothing. So. Um, But yeah, very close with them growing up. Um, But ultimately, my story, I feel like, really starts when I was around 11, 12 years old. My parents um, started having issues, and they actually split up for a little bit, and it resulted in them getting a divorce The youngest of four, I can speak for myself, um, it wrecked all of us. It wrecked my family, but it wrecked me in so many ways, and I'll get to that in a minute. But this was a moment where I can look back on and realize that I, in this moment, talking about emotions and feelings, as guys, we're not supposed to do that. Just kidding, that's such a lie. (laughs) But I felt and had so many emotions of, I have no worth. I have nothing. I am no one because I didn't have a family anymore. I didn't know where I came from. Um, And so my mom um, had an affair on my dad. And growing up, I loved my dad, but my mom was my everything, like my everything. Um, And so when this happened, I felt kind of betrayed. I felt like my world flipped on top of its head and I didn't know what was going on. And so at 12 years old, I went to a, a new middle school, um, kind of left all my friends that I grew up with and s- kind of started over. And this is kind of what took me down a, a dark journey. Um, and with this journey, I found friends who kind of introduced me to a lifestyle that I've never been a part of because I was a part of sports and like a Christian household that lived in Highland Ranch, Colorado, you know, nothing bad happens there, but these new friends, um, introduced me to smoking weed and alcohol, um, pornography and cigarettes. And so I started smoking cigarettes and was addicted to cigarettes at the age of 12, um, smoked weed, probably multiple times a day or not day a week, um, at the age of 12 and yeah, got drunk multiple times um as a twelve year old. Um, very addicted to pornography at twelve years old. And so that and was And that's my what worth. sixth grade? That was sixth grade. Yep. That was my worth. Um that's what I that's who I was. I didn't know it was bad for you. I was like, This is this makes me feel good. Yeah. This is what I want. I I haven't felt good for a while. And this is what makes me feel good. I don't have anything else. And so at twelve I was kind of like a I was I wasn't super close with my family anymore. Um I mean me and my brother were close. I was still close with my sisters, but I was like I just don't want to be in the house. I don't want to be near my my family. Um like what is family? And so at that age, I mean, that was 6th grade, fast forward to 7th grade, 8th grade, same thing, um just more so. Um started getting more interested into girls around Probably eighth grade. I mean, I was interested in the girls before, but you know, start exploring different avenues of yeah. what that looks like. Yeah. um And then I began high school, and high school is a whole new beast. I mean, you're awkward and weird in middle school, but then it felt like high school. You had to be something. And I played, still was playing competitive hockey. um Played for my high school. We won two state championships and. Um, yeah, playing at a high level, but living this other lifestyle of multiple times, I'd probably be on the ice high. I've, I've, w- I've played hockey drunk before. Um, but I was at a skill level where it didn't mess with me too much, yeah. which was nice, but still super stupid. And so that was like, I just had the attitude at that time in my life of, I just don't care. I don't care about anything. I don't care about myself. Um, and just to mention, I've always believed in God, always believed Jesus died for my sins. But at this time in my life, I just didn't care. I I began to realize that anxiety and depression um started to creep in in the sense of I didn't find any worth in anything. I didn't find passionate about anything. I didn't I wasn't happy like at all um, for a long time. And I numbed a lot of these these feelings through drugs um, and through alcohol. And so my freshman year and my sophomore year began to explore the party scene and um, Molly and ecstasy and loved it. I love, I mean, even to this day, I was talking to somebody. I'm like, as a Christian and someone who hasn't done drugs in nine years, I think it's amazing. That's why it's a drug. But it's I know how much it messes with your mind and your brain and your life and it's not healthy. And that is what I, I was doing was numbing myself because I was like, I need to feel ecstasy. Like I needed to feel good. And started exploring, uh, women, um, in the way of losing my virginity, uh, my sophomore year and didn't like have any guilt or remorse for it. Um, there was one day where my teachers and everybody knew that I was one of those kids who did drugs, sold weed, all that stuff. That was just my life. I was known as that guy at my school um, and or one of those guys. And I actually got um, caught with um, weed at school. And thankfully, it wasn't enough to the point where they could charge me with um, intend to sell. And so, um, I got kicked out of my high school and got kicked off the hockey team. Um, so I changed hockey teams and then ended up changing high schools. Um, kind of hung out with those friends still, but with this new high school, I kind of made similar friends, uh, in the sense of what they do and what they want and their desires. Um, and so that was, again, it was like a repetitive thing in my life of finding the same thing, the same thing. Um, never lost my faith, but I'd never practiced it. Didn't care about it, but just knew Jesus. Like, I'm like, well, I'm going to go to eternity because I know, I know that I know that I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Yeah. You know? And so when I changed high schools, I found the, that same crowd, um, And I can just say that everything I was living before escalated um, to the point where me and my friends would go car hopping. And what that means is we would walk down the street and open car doors and see what was in there. And I hate saying that because I'm like, I'm one of those guys, (laughs) or I was one of those guys. And I've had it happen to me, and I'm like, this guy (laughs) sucks. And I was one of those guys Um, just to find almost anything, money, uh, Percocet oxycodone and like anything and we would use that crush it up snort it and that was my like I wanted that I wanted that high I wanted that pain relief of what I was feeling internally um and so that was again my junior and senior year got um kind of I wouldn't say addicted to cocaine or acid but I got involved in it Um, I was more addicted to, I would say ecstasy and addicted to prescription pills for sure. Um, but I got involved in it. And I think the reason why I didn't get involved as much with cocaine and acid was it was harder to find and very expensive. Um, didn't have a job at the time. And so at that time in my life, um, my senior year, I ended up actually meeting a girl. Um, this is super funny. So Adam Rose, brother-in-law was dating a girl that i was going to high school with and i don't i don't even know if adam listens to this but i don't think <laughs> he even knows this um but i was the guy this was me in high school i i stole his girlfriend from him that was me um and so adam rose brother-in-law at the time yeah. hated me um but i started dating this girl annika and she went to red rocks because of her connection with Adam Rose, um, brother-in-law. And she ended up bringing me there. This was in 2011. We started attending the golden campus. Um, and I was like, there's something different about this place. Uh, this place is like, God's moving here. Yeah. And that, that started, um, making me realize like, and started to see like, where's my faith in a way. But this, this happened for two years, 2011, 2012, graduated in 2013, went to church every Sunday for this girl because she wanted to go, but then we would go to church, leave and we would kind of live that same lifestyle, partying, drugs, alcohol, sex, you know? Yeah. Um, And that was just it. That's all I had. I didn't have any purpose. I didn't feel like I had purpose in life. My freshman year of college, I was going to Metro, um, and this was in 2013, the fall of 2013. And I was in the library just scrolling through Facebook. Um, came across one of my friends at my first high school that I would say was a, more of an acquaintance, but I she was in my group, you know. Um, but we weren't like super close, but I knew of her, hung out with her all the time. I've been to her house, found out she took her life. And that hit me hard because this was a time in my life where I was out of high school. um, And I like the whole purpose thing was kind of on my heart a lot. Like I didn't feel like I had purpose. And that was difficult for me. Anxiety and depression started sitting in heavily. And the thought of suicide was on my heart and my mind a lot. Um, And so I think that just made me realize how fragile life was and how it can be here and then gone the next minute and it freaked me out um but then fast forwarding it was um that same fall where i was sitting in the littleton uh auditorium of red rocks church and sean johnson was giving a message and this is sunday so the night before was saturday and of course i partied um, and I was sitting in that auditorium coming down from cocaine the night before and very hungover. And I probably smelled like cigarettes and alcohol. Um, but listening to Sean, he was telling his testimony um, about how he struggled with drugs. And I mean, his, his lifestyle was very similar to mine. Uh, and he said that he was in a church service where the pastor was doing an altar call and started to describe how he had drugs in his pocket but felt the Lord nudging him to give his life over to God. And this was something that just tugged on my heart like crazy. And so I'm looking at this guy who I looked up to but never met, never talked to. Um and he was the Lord was speaking through him first time I ever felt hope in my life honestly ever, um and so that was a moment that I cherish and this was something else that was like to piggyback off of that uh, my sister started dating Doug Weckenman, who is uh, currently the Red Rocks Church Austin uh campus or not campus pastor pastor lead pastor there and. In this time, he wasn't at Red Rocks or anything like that, but um, he came into my life because he was dating my sister and we would hang out a little bit. I mean, um, nothing crazy, but him and his buddy Ethan uh, would come around and there was something about those two guys that I was just like, I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, what do they have that I'm missing? What do they have that I don't have? They love the Lord they're super cool. Well, now I know that that's not true. But they are so um, uncool. Yeah, moving forward, this is what I thought at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought I was like, they have something that I want. Like, they seem free. They seem hopeful. They seem excited. Like, they just had something that I desired deeply, and um, I thought that was just so far out of my grasp. And so this was my freshman year. And then fast forward to the spring of 2014, the moment in the time that changed my life forever. Um, this part didn't, but I feel like it is, it is pretty pinnacle to my story is I went to a Red Rocks uh, amphitheater, um, like concerts, like an EDM concert. And this night I took many hits of acid probably I think around 11 hits of acid and um I was on molly and had drinking and smoked weed of course um and I can't really I can describe the experience but it was the most unreal crazy scary terrifying experience I've ever ever had in my life terrifying um and I could go into details on that but I don't think it's necessary um I will just say, though, that that was the first night, and I don't know how many of the listeners maybe have experienced this, but that, that's the first night I've actually seen demonic things very vividly. Very vividly. Uh-huh. Um, I remember standing in front of the, or in the middle of the crowd in the auditorium, or the auditorium, um, whatever, amphitheater. stands, amphitheater, and started seeing things that I've never experienced in my life. And I've never been so scared. I started shaking and I was telling the girl I was dating Annika at the time that I need to get out of here. And she didn't believe me. She didn't know what was going on. And I like grabbed her and I was like, I need to leave. Um, and she like could sense something was up. And that's when we kind of ran out of there. But that was the night that I was like, I don't want this. I don't want this anymore. Like this has gone too far. Um, And this kind of is after the fact of me having alcohol poisoning a few times, getting to a point where probably should have overdosed a few times. And this was a, a point where, yeah, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and so that was actually, I, I said, fast forward, that was actually in the fall of 2013. Now we fast forward to the the spring of 2014 and I didn't want to do drugs anymore. Anytime I smoked weed, I would start tripping. Um, and the thing about acid is it stores in your spine or in your, your joints. And so anytime I would crack my back or anything like that, I would trip for a split second and it terrified me, terrified me. Didn't want anything to do it, do with it. And there was one night in April and I wished that I knew the exact day. I just know it was in April that I was laying in my bed And I had pretty much come to the end of myself, um, contemplating suicide um, to the fullest extent. And I was kind of thinking about how I would do it, what it would look like, did not care about what it would do to my family or my friends or anybody around me. I was thinking about it's escaping ultimately the pain that I was feeling. And I was just laying there um, and there was just a darkness over me, a darkness. And I look up on my ceiling and my room's black, but I mean, you can see like shadows and whatnot. And um, I look up to my ceiling and I see this face. And some some of the listeners or whoever's listening might not fully understand this or they've experienced something like this. And this is a very real moment to this day. I, I like vividly can remember, but I, I see this face and it was on one hand, like, a like a beautiful face, but at the same time, the most terrifying thing I've ever looked at in my life. Um, and I started trembling or shaking and had like cold sweats. I was terrified, started bawling my eyes out, scared. And I felt this darkness over me and I started to, have the thought of taking my life or I need to make a decision of changing my life. And in this moment, I was just shaking and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, ah, like I need to change something. I need. I don't want to end my life. I want to change something. And, and I think the only thing I can do is give my life to Jesus. Because being at Red Rocks, I was realizing so often how much that was a part that I was missing. And just over time, I could feel the Lord just knocking on my heart, just tapping on my heart little by little. And so I got out of bed, freaking out, so scared, bawling my eyes out, um, got on my hands and knees and just ugly crying, just straight <laughs> up ugly crying, snot coming out of my nose. Um, and I surrendered my life to Jesus. Hmm. I was like, Lord. I don't want this anymore. I like, I I need you. I need you just crying out to him. And I felt nothing felt absolutely nothing. And I was terrified, got back into bed shaking. And then is the moment that changed my life forever. Um, I opened my eyes and that face was no longer there. And I looked into the corner of my room, did not see a face or anything like that. All I saw was like a black silhouette of this man standing there. no details, but I knew it was Jesus. I'm, I knew it was. And this blanket of peace, like a weighted blanket of peace, like came over me. And it, like, I, the only way I can describe it is like, I mean, biblical terms, you know, the calming the sea. That yeah. is exactly how I felt. And I started just weeping, but in like a wow factor of what I'm experiencing right now. And I start just like weeping. My eyes are closed. And then I feel this hand on my head kind of like stroking my head in the sense of a a father stroking the head of their child, comforting the child. And all I hear, not audibly, but I hear within my being is, I love you, my son. Just once all i heard the hand was gone opened my eyes that silhouette was gone and that was it well wow. that was the moment that i just experienced and i'm like kind of i mean i'm in this place of like okay what just happened but also like wow yeah and so that was a moment that changed my life um and i ended up telling annika still dating annika at this time about it all of it how i wanted to change my life how i'm not hanging out with our friend group anymore how i wanted to change everything and she was all on board everything like that and i was like sweet like i've got everything set um that was in the spring of 2014 fast forward to the fall of 2014 and found out That that was not true. Found out she had been sneaking around a little bit, um, behind my back, living that same lifestyle, lying to me about it. And had cheated on me a few times. And to me at that time, I was like, it's kind of an easy out of something that I do not want. So we ended up breaking up and that was it. Didn't want to hang out with any of my friends. I haven't spoken to any of them since, um, and I mean, almost 10 years have wow. gone by since that moment. Um, and I decided to change my life. Um, but at that time, I was like, I have nobody. I don't. I really don't have anybody. Um, I had my brother, but my brother was in Wyoming playing competitive hockey with the junior team. Um, I had my sister. Um, Doug just recently got back from a long mission trip. Um, and that was it. So I hung out with Doug and my sister a little more and Doug and ended up becoming, um, one of the young adults pastors with, uh, Red Rocks young adults. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to get involved. And so I ended up going to one of the retreats, getting involved. And that was probably the best thing that I ever did was to get involved and actually choose that. Um, started serving, started getting in a group and this is not a plug for any of those things, but (laughs) it, it does work. I promise. And, started meeting people who actually desired the same thing that I wanted. And I've never experienced that because all my friends growing up never pushed me to that. I mean, yeah. never, um, and so I finally started meeting people who would like be praying over me and who kind of led me in a walk of like, this is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that changed my life and me, me and my brother Um, at the time he came back, um, he was going through his own thing because he no longer had hockey. Uh, he ended up coming back and we decided to go on a mission trip to Mozambique, Africa. Um, Ethan, who I was telling you about earlier, he, uh, kind of ran, yeah, the worst ran (laughs) missions at a church and he kind of helped us get involved with this. And so we, we went on a mission trip to Mozambique, Africa for a few months, um, and it was a wild experience it was amazing um so many stories there so many uh but we had to come back early because my brother actually ended up uh getting an infection in his eye with a um ulcer on his cornea went blind in his left eye and we had to get rushed back to the states that's another story in itself <laughs> that i can't get into right now but you will at some um, point probably. hopefully at some point cuz it is a radical story yeah. um And so with this, I came back and I actually, while I was out there, interviewed to be one of the youth interns uh, with um, Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. And so I did an internship with Red Rocks for a year. Youth ministry, loved it. That was the moment where I was like, I want to be in ministry. I love If you can come out of an
0: unpaid year of stacking chairs and eating pizza three times a week. You know, and wanting to do ministry and still. To do still, you yeah. know that that's on your heart,
1: one hundred <laughs> percent. There, I'm just gonna call them out. There are interns today that are like, "Oh, this is all I do, stacking chairs," and I'm like, "Good luck." <laughs> I'm
0: still stacking chairs. Ministry, <laughs> so. ministry, and it sounds. I'm gonna the the front end's gonna sound like a joke, but the reality is that like. It is 75% stacking chairs because <laughs> yeah. ministry is setting the table for someone else to 100%. experience Jesus. And, I love that, yeah. And so, like, yeah, it's stacking and unstacking chairs, but, like, that's why there's a, such a beauty in, like, pop-up churches for me because I'm like, oh, you literally go in on Sundays and you prepare a place for people to experience God. Yeah. They do, and then you break it down and you put it in the storage until the next week, and yeah. it's, like, it is the ta- – it's, like, literally the tabernacle. Like, yeah, yeah. But in like today's form, like 100%. minus all of the meticulous rules that you have to follow, unless you have a type. I've a. honestly
1: never thought about it like that, and I mean that's true. Though there, like the tabernacle was where God dwelt, but
0: they set, set up, set their up own the church is yeah. a
1: place where people experience the Lord's presence, and they had to set up the tabernacle cool. over. And yeah, over. dang, come on, Mitch, you are. <laughs> see, you read the Bible.
0: I didn't say I read the Bible. I didn't <laughs> read the Bible. I just never read the prophets. <laughs> that's fair. Because I am, which is a big part,
1: but that's okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Um, I don't even know where I was. You were talking about uh, (laughs) oh, being uh, an internship with Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, interning. I mean, you mentioned it wasn't paid, but at that time I did not care, honestly, because I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, And then Doug and Ethan actually both interned with one of their best friends, who is a youth pastor out in Laguna Beach, California and i reached out to this guy and i was like oh, i want to be an intern with you so i interviewed got it and that's where i went next i went to laguna beach california I really suffered for the lord out there and yeah, all, it was really it was, terrible. It was the worst probably terrible. surfing and
0: hanging out oh, on the man. beach it was
1: like 70 degrees every day sunny oh my gosh. It was disgusting Acai yeah. bowls everywhere oh, terrible great <laughs> seafood um that was one of the best years of my life because of what the Lord did. And it was just awesome. Um, that was a moment where I kind of, that was where I really developed as I felt like a pastor in like, I love hearing people's stories. I love being there for people. Um, we mentioned earlier, people do suck, but in that suck, we also suck. And so let's do it together, you know? Um, and so that's what I did after that, I wanted to finish schooling so I felt called to be in ministry and I was like I want to learn more about the Bible. I want to I mean I grew up with it but I don't really know it. And so I ended up going back to school, finished my degree in biblical studies and theology and became very like uh interested in that of like I want to learn more. But there's more battles within that that my heart battles of many things that happened. And so I struggled, um, up and down with, um, having a hard heart understanding theology and like, what should I believe and, and what does it look like? And, um, the Lord, like I I always kept coming back to like where Jacob wrestled with the Lord in the wilderness. And I felt like that was me of like, Mm. you're wrestling me and you're going to win and yikes. Um, so I graduated, moved out to, um, moved out to Austin, Texas. Cause I didn't at this time, again, struggling with purpose. What am I supposed to do? Feel like ministry, but I don't know what that looks like. And so I moved out to Austin, Texas to help, uh, Red Rocks Austin, um, kind of start up. I wanted to be a volunteer. I wanted to get involved. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what any of it was going to be like. Um, and it was awesome, but a very challenging year because you're done with college. You have you don't have college to fall back on you. I've already done two internships. Can't do another one. Um, and I want to be in ministry. So what does that look like? And I had no idea. And so it's kind of trying to explore that, pray through that. And so that was a time I think like, I think the Lord needed me to be out there in order for him to get me away from distractions that he Mm -hmm. had that I had here. And so he could really do some work on my heart. And he did, um, did a lot of work on my heart. And then our beloved COVID, the pandemic hit, and I was like, okay, what am I doing? I actually started to struggle with anxiety and depression again Uh. this time. Um, And I do blame isolation. I blame not having community. I blame all these questions and doubts and fears that came my way. Um, And I felt like the Lord was leading me back to colorado so through lots of prayers and tears um the fact that i'm even mentioning that i cry it's is amazing because is amazing i hate crying you, you, i hate it i know you, <laughs>
0: are, you hate crying you hate f- feeling feels yes you know, and i'm proud of you for sharing it i, I love that you you talk without hesitation like and w- the way that you said it too like segues me into like a belief of of mine with mental health of like you said I started wrestling with anxiety and depression again yeah. that then implies logically that it is not something that is a diagnosis it's like a symptom it's a symptom mm-hmm. you said you said all of a sudden it was isol- I was isolated I was by myself and my mental health started to you weren't you are not. Depressed, like that is not your some identity. identity. Yeah. I am not anxious. I get anxious. I mm-hmm. get depressed, but those are those are symptoms yes. of something else that is causing that issue, and that's what needs to be identified. Sorry, we'll no, talk about that on that's, a yeah. whole other thing. <laughs> that's
1: an amazing topic. Too. <laughs> Mental health is, I mean, a huge part of my story too. Yeah. Though, which which is crazy, because
0: I'm for the sake of. I'm pretty sure that Kayla just walked in upstairs because probably my dog, There's you guys on, on this last podcast, the one before on Josh, you almost heard me strangle my dog. I'm learning that he is going to have to be like, he's 18 pounds and he thinks he's freaking the dude from <laughs> like, uh, what's the, why am I blinking on the the big mastiff from
1: Sandlot? Oh, the Sandlot. Dude yeah. thinks
0: he's like, he's just running around upstairs. So you all heard him. Um, sorry, Logan, you, I, let's let's. I don't want to cut you off, but I want to. Yeah, I can wrap it up. I want. Let's start landing it just a yeah. little bit for the oh, sake I'm of. I'm coming in
1: for a nosedive. For, nosedive straight yeah. down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm almost to kind of finishing up where I'm at now because I moved back here, um, got into construction for a little bit, uh, loved it, very stressful. Job opened up at Red Rocks. So I applied, and I got it, and that's kind of where I'm at now, still learning so much about who Logan is, uh, where, where God's at in my life and what he's doing with my life. Yeah. I mean, the beauty is and at the core, I'm a perfectionist in the sense of I need things to be okay. I need to be in control. I need to things kind of my way. And the Lord is graciously telling me that will never work mm. in so many amazing ways. And, so, yeah, learning currently so many things. Yeah. And we'll always learn so many things. Man, that's
0: one of the things that I'm learning is you never stop learning. Yeah. And, like, for people who are prideful enough to believe that they have it figured out, like, good luck. Yeah. Um, I just moved the whole table. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um But... I'm so proud. I'm thankful. It's crazy. I told you coming in, I'm like, and this is why I love my podcast. Actually, it's the Lord's podcast that he has put in my lap. I I mean, I knew that part of your testimony, but I had I had no clue that that's what we would land and sit yeah. on today. And that's Holy Spirit because yeah. there's someone, there are multiple people who need to hear that. Yeah. Um, And the stuff that like, I want to get into at some point, like you and I have bonded so heavily over like body image stuff Mm -hmm. we didn't even talk about that and that's so cool
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: thank you for coming on and talking about the stuff that like needs to be talked about and like the thing is is as a pastor it, it would be very easy for you to protect your image um and to to not share some of those things yeah um and and you did and so i'm proud of you i'm thankful for you if you could say one thing because putting purpose to pain is like my life um not motto but just like one of the things that i always come back to is like i remember sitting in the car and being like god what the hell like why Mm -hmm. are you doing this this Mm -hmm. sucks with my eating with my Mm -hmm. with my the state (laughs) of my mental health at the time I'm like god this sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you putting me through this? Mm-hmm. I sit today, ten years of learning I'm gonna kill that dog. Ten years of learning that I'm like, God, thank you. Yeah. Because now you've you've equipped me with things that you taught me that I can talk to people who are two years into it and hopefully they don't have to do it for 10. And so like if you could share one thing that the lord in those years of like even as i think of like summer summation it's just like lost like searching for like i picture i truly picture like you trying to fill it up and this a drain being open and it's just Mm -hmm. constantly like draining out like you're not able to refill it and like you but you keep pouring stuff into it you keep taking drugs you keep doing like in that season of searching for fulfillment there's people that are right now listening to this who are addicted Mm. to something who are searching to fill something. What would that piece of advice be?
1: I feel like it's, if you could give advice to 12 year old Logan. Yeah. (laughs) And it's pretty simple, but I feel like it rests on two things of, there is so much more for you. And I promise you there's hope. And something that I've been doing this year is memorizing scripture. And this is something that I would tell 12 year old Logan uh, is where, where's is your trust and is it in Jesus? Mm. Um, because it says, may the God of hope, Fill you with all joy and peace, things I was missing out on. Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And I struggle with trust still today, but it goes on to to say, so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that just hits me hard. And this is just something I started memorizing a month or two ago. And it's like, It's not by my, my power. It's not by anything I can do. And what I could say is there's so much more for you and there is hope. Just trust in God. And that's what I did in my bedroom that night is I laid everything down and I let go. And I trusted that and it's been a process, but I trusted it. Amen. And, and
0: look at you today. So if you're like if you're laying in bed tonight, are or or you laid in bed last night and now you're on the way to work to a job that you hate? That, and you thought about taking your life. You th- you were laying in bed thinking about taking your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And today you're working a job that you love, dating a girl that you love, living in a place that you love. You have people that love you, and you were at one point wanting to die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if that's you today. Let Logan's story be testimony that it will turn around. Mm-hmm. It will turn around. I, I have pictured and fantasized about driving into oncoming traffic more times than I can tell you, because it's exhausting. I'm not telling you that that what you're experiencing is not real. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling That's you that. So it, I'm not telling you that the pain is not real. The idea of like when you wake up and you're like, God, dang it, like. <laughs> I don't want to go through another day of feeling this mental bomb in my head. I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. Logan knows that feeling, but I can promise you that because of Jesus, but we in those moments wanted to die. And today I'm so glad that I didn't. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm so glad that you didn't.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so if you're listening to this, just know that like, you hear it, oh God, you hear it, where it's like, somebody loves you. And that's just like, you don't need to hear that in that moment I, because you're like, I know somebody does, but I don't really care because I'm tired. But just know that, like, Jesus brings you peace, Jesus brings you rest. And there's nobody else that can in those moments. So, it's man. Fun. We really landed on a somber note. I want to read a dad joke that I uh, <laughs> please. Do. I don't have it. <laughs> Upstairs, I have a whole book. I'll start doing that from here forward. I have a whole book of dad jokes that I'm going to open up the episode with at least one and then close one because I'm a dad now, so I can. Um, Logan, man. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming on. This was special. This was fun. So Logan is going to be on. I'm I keep talking about it, but I'm in the process of I'm actually recording one. I'm in I'm like I've recorded the trailer for it. I've built out the website for it. All I have to hook up is my email like capture form. Um which is harder than you would think. I don't know why it's so hard. But Um, I have a Mitch Talks Mental mental website that's going to have my blog. I have my first blog written. I have my first drawing done. Um, I have the program. I'm going to start recording these videos to put on the YouTube channel that's done. Um, And it's going to be a topical conversation around things like mental. Well, it's called Mitch Talks Mental, but it's not all about, like, mental illness. That's Jess and I were talking about this yesterday. It's going to be about, like, how do I take care of my mental health In regards to body image, in regards to balancing work and life, in regards to being a dad and a husband at the same time, which one takes priority? Mm -hmm. And what does society talk about? And what does the Bible say about that? And so like topical things that are going to be more in-depth. And that's going to be Mitch Talks Mental. And Logan's Mm going to come on. And I have a few things that I'm going to ask him to come talk about because the idea is to have people who have gone before you in situations, gone before you in life lived, and to teach authentically out of it. And to teach the lessons that the Lord has taught them already so that I alluded to it earlier, my whole mission with doing youth ministry for the longest time, and I still have this mission, it's just evolved out of just being simply for youth is like, I walked through the eye of the storm and I got the crap beat out of me because I was an idiot and I was like, I'm going to brave the storm. And then I got like a like level 10 in my face. Like if I could catch you in like the outer ring of the hurricane and be like, take that way mm-hmm. go a different way i promise you're a little bit wet right now but you are not soaking and you are mm-hmm. not dead so like that's the goal of this podcast is be like hey i've walked through this here are the lessons i learned take them or leave them that's up to you so with that thank you for listening i'm excited for uh man i just missed podcasting and and, and here's the thing i am not gonna give you this uh ultra produced to take out all the ums and huh and huffs and my dog barking in the background and (laughs) like my baby i can literally hear her footsteps just across the top and like like this is the life that i live and that's i think like logan yeah and logan came over for coffee uh and now his girlfriend's coming over for dinner and like that's what this podcast is and if you're looking for like a, a a pretty produced sorry actually i'm really not sorry there was a guy walking by. you did you I, the hear whole him time
1: i was like, like i wonder if like, they can hear they're in the backyard doing it's something like, i didn't tell them doing? they could be
0: there i don't know who so if you listen to this and we all got i'm not even gonna say it yeah that would be so scary why is there a guy in my backyard <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, like and now why can't i see him through the through the what are these called uh shades nope the window that makes it so that i can oh window well window well Jesus um man thanks for listening and until next time peace